what it is. Hey, don't go with me to Psalm 51 uh, tonight, and I'm going to uh, complete that uh, message I began, or series, I guess we'll call it, last Sunday night. And we're talking about how to be restored. Now, our Sunday night services were down here in, as old saying goes, we're out here where the rubber meets the road. We're down in the brass tacks, and we're getting there how I can, I can be restored. God says uh, in Joel chapter 2, I'm going to restore what the locust has eaten. And the locust, which is a picture of sin, it can be a picture of what Satan is doing in lives. That can eat you up. It can eat your lunch. And not only your lunch, but you can eat tomorrow's provisions as well. And David is a prime example of that. In Psalm 51, his great prayer of repentance, uh, his great prayer of, can I say, getting totally surrendered to God again. Yeah, I said again. There was time in David's life he, he had been totally surrendered. But to sin, Satan had put an opportunity in there that uh, David should have never had a never advanced and his old flesh took over what his brain knew what was better and his heart knew what was better. But sometimes, and by the way, this happens. This is a, this is a place to be cautious too. Uh, sometimes right after great victories, you'll find yourself opened up for the devil to shoot at you. Now, what do you mean? Well, you let down your guard. And not only let down your guard, you sit back, and as David was, you're at ease, and take a breath, you know, and, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to read my Bible, I'm not going to pray, and, and uh, I'm going to let my guard down, and I'll, you know, I need a break from church, and uh, you wouldn't believe how many times that I've counseled people gave me those words in the aftermath of Satan tearing up their house or tearing up their life. And those were their words. They'd had a great victory, and as David did, he was king. All the kingdom was his. And then he lets others go out to war when he should have been out to war, doing his thing, doing what kings should do. And he's doing what sinners do. And so, you know the sin with Bathsheba and the ultimate killing of her husband and all of that. But I've had folks say to me, you know, had this victory, man, things were going good. And, and I stopped reading my Bible, stopped praying, stopped attending church. And bam, it all blew apart. Now, Psalm 51 Though is this wonderful psalm of repentance of David getting back right with God. And the Lord wants him back. It had been at least two years here. Understand that. Come, some Bible scholars said could have been as many as four, three to four years. And David, that's a long time to be away from a close fellowship with one whom he is your king, your prince, your everything. He's your shepherd, and yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I won't fear any evil. And David had written those things about his Lord, and uh, now he's gone the other way. Thank God for faithful preachers and, and churches and faithful people in the Word. And God sent Nathan and gave Nathan that message to give to David, and it was a, 
It was a parable. It was an Old Testament parable. And I mentioned it last week where the, uh, the poor man had just a lamb and the rich man whose property joined it had thousands of sheep and lambs and just anything he wanted. And this poor man had one lamb that was the pet of the family, ate with them at the table, just stayed inside the house. It was the family pet. And the rich man with all his thousands of sheep, he was greedy and a visitor came in and he didn't want to use his own sheep so he slipped and stole the poor man's lamb and took that lamb and slaughtered it and fed that to the guests. Now, this was the rich man who lived next door. Boy, when David, I can vision him on the throne getting angrier and angrier and thinking, man, I was a shepherd. I remember that. I remember, you know, so-and-so lamb. I'm sure he named him. I remember that little lamb, little, little Buford or whatever you call it. I remember that lamb, and I had that right here with me. I remember them lambs. And that rascal did what? He took his only lamb and him with all of them lambs. David thinks it's a true story. Nathan didn't tell him it wasn't until God threw an arrow right in the heart of David. And old David, he jumps off the throne and he says, that man's going to die. I'm telling you, I'll see to it myself. What a rascal he is. And Nathan, hallelujah for God's prophet for God's man, which you and I are God's men and women that will just tell the truth. And he said, you're the man, king. And the king goes, oh my goodness, I am the man. And thank God, God shot right into his heart. And old David, when you get a heart shot, you're down. And he was down. And on, in his, on his knees, he says, I am the man. And he didn't have Nathan killed. He didn't have the prophet shut up. See, the bad thing, other kings were told by Isaiah and Jeremiah and other prophets that they were going the wrong way. And instead of repenting, they'd have them put to death or put and Jeremiah put in a dungeon. Isaiah was killed. Uh, just others, they were they were slaughtered. Christians were put to death, wouldn't listen. But here, thank God, was a king who had once been right with God, and now the Lord's restoring him. And that process of restoration, though, starts with you realizing where you are and what's going on. And sometimes, most of the time, it takes, it takes a hit in the heart. It takes a sharp arrow in the heart that drops you to your knees and you say, wow, how did I get this far? How did I come to this place? And that's, that's where David is here in Psalm 51. And I won't go back to verse number one, but uh, I'm, going, I'm going to drop down to verse seven. We were, finished, we were closing out last week with this. And David is claiming... First of all, in these first six verses, he is being so open and transparent. He's telling God, Lord, I, I, against you and you only have I sinned. It's all my fault, Lord. It's not yours. Whenever you judge me, whatever you say, whatever you do is right. God, you're exactly right. I just want you to know that I know it. And by the way, repentance is not you constantly berating yourself. 
of how bad you've been or how, uh, how bad that your track record is, that's not repentance. Uh, that leads only to discouragement and depression. Repentance, biblical repentance, is even not really being super sorry for something. Now, godly sorrow worketh repentance. True. But what is godly sorrow? Godly sorrow is exactly what David's seeing here is, uh, God, you're right. I'm wrong. Lord, I've sinned against you. You, Lord, I've sinned. Repentance, biblical repentance is actually agreeing with God about what he says about you and your situation. That's biblical repentance. It's when you say, yes, Lord. And that's when that the restoration begins, when you finally agree with God. And usually he has to take us somewhere to a broken heart and to a place where we're going to just agree with him. God, you are so right here. I don't know if I've got this. I have now. You are so right, God, 100%. And I agree with you. That's where this is. David has already said that. Then he says in verse 7, Now, Lord, purge me with hyssop. Hyssop was that blue-flowered bush I mentioned to you. You could find it anywhere. Josh probably sees it over there now. You could find it anywhere, growing anywhere. And they used it. It's a thick, uh, it's a thick with a lot of foliage on it. They dip it in the basin of blood when they bring a sacrifice. They dip hyssop in that basin of blood. And when they were leaving Egypt, they placed that on their doorpost and on the side post. So they'd form a cross, in other words, with the blood. So when the death angel came through, he saw the blood, the cross, and passed over. But it was that hyssop bush that was used. So what David is saying here is, Lord, I have, I've come clean and honest and open with you. Now, Lord, I know what you want to do is clean me up, purge me with hyssop, Lord, and I shall be clean Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. I'm, a, I'm claiming this. I'm claiming the cleansing of the blood. I'm claiming the cleansing of the power of God and the word of God. Lord, clean me all up. And then, Lord, make me to hear joy and gladness again in verse number 8, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice in you. Sometimes, sometimes in our brokenness, as I've said, he hits you right in the heart and it breaks you, which has to be done. Then the Lord says, I'll mend you back. I'm going to mend you. You won't be what you were. You'll be better than you were. I'm going to mend you. There'll be some scars. There'll be some, if you do an x-ray of a broken bone, they can see where it's healed back. And that's going to happen to you. But he says, Lord, let me hear joy and gladness again that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Verse number 8. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. You see, he is right now, he is asking God, Lord, I want you to cure my sorrow. Cure my regrets. Cure my depression. Let me say something. No one that's ever been close to the Lord and then traveling a journey like David away from God, not listening to God. Not that God's not speaking. God is speaking. 
David wasn't listening. He turned a deaf ear. No one ever, ever, ever goes that direction from as a believer that's gone into this sin that is not going to ask him, Lord, cure my sorrow. I mean, it just makes you, you're sorrowful. You have, you have those things, once God grabs your heart and you repent, you say, Lord, can, this, can it ever be restored? I love Joel too because he says, yes, he can restore what the locust has eaten. And David is a good example in that. He said, Lord, now that you've cleaned me up, you restore the joy in my heart, you've cured my sorrow over my sin, and then, I like verse number 10, and here's what he's claiming. He's claiming a complete new heart, new vision, new life. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, wasn't last week because I had a little sinus thing going on. I'm better, thank the Lord. But I didn't do any running last week this past week, but the week before that I did, and I got out one evening and was running along Steel Creek and parked there and run a ways and turned around. Normally, I'll run, I'll run about four miles, three to four, and uh, this day, I, it was late in the day, and was, I thought, well, I'm going to head back. I only run, I, don't, I hardly got in three, but I turned around, and I thought, you don't nor normally turn here, but I felt impressed to turn there. That makes sense. You think, well, it's, it's just me, you lazy rascal. I talk to myself, you know, and, and uh, I know Kelly does too, and you others, you know, you can do it, you can do it. And you say that over and over again. And then when you're crawling along on hands and knees and you're going, you can do it, you can do it. I know you can do it, yeah. But anyway, before I got on my hands and knees, I turned around and I headed back toward the car. And I'd run, oh, I don't know, a mile or so. Come around the bend in the trail and saw a fellow standing off up, up in the woods a little bit. And he, was, he had been running some and he was just wiping the sweat and I spoke to him. I speak to everybody on the trail, you know, how you doing, man? He said, I'm, I'm a little tired now. I said, well, just push on, buddy, push on. And so I, I took off. And, uh, after a while, before I got back to the car, why, uh, I stopped and I was doing a little walking to try to strengthen some other muscles, doing a real fast walk, matter of fact. And I heard someone coming up behind me with a, in a run. I thought, well, they'll pass me, but I'm walking pretty fast. And who and the one behind me gets closer and closer. Finally says, hey, man, you're walking faster than I'm running. I said, well, come on up. We'll run together. So he comes up beside him. It's a guy that I'd seen standing there. And he took off. We got to sharing little testimonies here about, you know, I said, you know, this makes you feel better physically. And, and, I, and I said, spiritually, too. He said, jerked his head around. He said, yeah, I said, uh, that's. That's me too. I said, well, good, man, great, great. You, you a believer? He said, boy, just a few years ago, he said, man, my life was in shambles. He said, I, I, I blowed everything apart. Everything in my life was blown apart. He said, uh, God's is, is getting me back. I said, well, that's wonderful. He said, I've been clean now for, for, I believe he said, three years. He said, but, man, it was a mess. He said, he's a getting me back. Now, get this. He said, and here we are running, you know, huffing and puffing. He said, and, and you, you're an answer to prayer. And I said, really? Most folks don't think that, but thank you. 
I almost quit running and started shouting. But anyway, no, he said, you're an answer to prayer. I said, how? How so? He said, I was praying. Lord, I'm getting real discouraged. If somebody, if you just send somebody by that could help me a little bit. And he said, here you come by and you start quoting scriptures and you start telling me this and telling me that. And he said, you don't know how that has helped me. You don't know what that's done for me. Now, I said that because God sent Nathan by to David, and David says, Lord, here's what I want. My friend mentioned this. He said, I needed a whole new start. I needed, I needed to be made over. And look here. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Create in me. Create a new heart. Now what's David, here's something important to note. David is saying, Lord, I'm just a shell of a man. And that happens. I'm just a shell of a man. I'm empty. I've, I've, I've lost a lot of things, Lord. And I want you to create in me this new heart. I'm yours. I surrender. I give you everything, Lord. Create in me a clean heart. I like this, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. So what he's, what's he's done? Here's, here's a key to restoration. Number one, repentance is agreeing with God about yourself. Be honest, be open, be transparent, be as everything he tells you, you say to him, you're right, Lord. You're right, Lord. I've never got anywhere with God arguing with him. I've been down in prayer before and I'd start out, well, Lord, here's what, blah, blah, blah. And the Lord said, you're not dealing with the subject at all. You're not even dealing with where I'm, I'm dealing with this. And he fingers a part in my heart and my life. I'm dealing with that. And I'd say, but Lord, I don't want to go there. Let's deal with this. And he says, no, I'm dealing with that. That right there. And until I deal with that right there, I might as well whistle Dixie to expect God to renew a right spirit in me, create a clean heart in me. And David now has finally dealt with what's going on in his life. And he's come clean. He's, I'm a shell of a man, Lord. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm empty. I agree with you. Created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Now what is he asking? He's saying, Lord, now that I am totally yours, I've let you in every room. I've flung open every door. And I told you, go in there and do what you want to do now that I have given it all to you. By the way, the giving it is giving you. You is what he wants. I'm what he wants. He wants you. And that's what David said, Lord, you want me. So, Lord, you've got me. Now, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Lord, fill this cleansed and empty vessel with your joy, your presence, a new heart, a restored spirit, fill that with that heart and spirit that is yours. I love verse number 11, and this is important to note because the devil will, think, will put in your mind that God's presence is not with you. And he says, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Now, a couple of things to note here. Even in David's sin, the Holy Spirit had not left him. Because he said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. The Holy Spirit was there and David knew it. 
the presence of the Lord. But it wasn't a presence that David had felt before because now that fellowship had the barrier between them. And so he says, Lord, you have every right to cast me away from your presence, but don't. Take not your Holy Spirit from me, which he doesn't. In our, dispens- in our day in dispensation, he never, ever, ever will leave us. In the days of David, the Spirit did come and go from individuals to do certain tasks and certain jobs. And the Holy Spirit, for, for instance, Samson, uh, I counted one time. I'm thinking, I'm thinking at least four distinct times it says in the Bible that the Spirit came upon Samson. And the Spirit came upon Samson. And the Spirit came upon Samson. And that was the way it happened in the Old Testament. But now that the blood of Jesus Christ is on the throne room in heaven and in the throne room and on the altar, and he sent his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit stays in us and will not leave us. Hallelujah. But we can shut him off in a corner and not allow him to have all that he wants to. Oh, he could barge in. Don't ever forget that. He could kick the door down and barge in. Maybe that's what you think is happening. But he is there waiting for you. And David said, Lord, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, I'm a shell of a man. I'm yours. You've cleaned me all up. You've purged me with everything. And when you purge something, there's nothing left in there. I mean... When it's purged, it's purged. There's nothing in there. It's clean. And the Holy Spirit, he says, Now, Lord, do whatever you want to do in here. I love verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. You see, God alone, and then remember this, God alone can give you that joy. He alone does that. But it comes... That joy comes only after a repentant heart where you've agreed with him. I wrote down in my Bible, this comes only after purity and prayer and a pardon. When God just cleans you all up and you've been honest with him and you know who you are and you know what's going on and you know he loves you and you know he's there and then you say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Jude, the little book of Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, in verse 24, he gives us that prescription. Let me just read it to you here. He gives us that prescription for these days when apostasy is everywhere around us and nobody, uh, or a lot of folks are not standing true and the church, uh, the church world is not even being honest with themselves anymore or with anybody else. But in, I love verse 24, now unto him that is able, I'm reading the book of Jude, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Jude says, hey, listen, here's what you do. Beloved, build up yourselves in your most holy faith. Verse 20. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves, stay in love with God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. 
And then he says, unto him, or that God is able, Jesus is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He gives you, and God alone gives you that joy. And it comes after you're open and honest with God, and you truly in repentance just agree with him. You say, Lord, create in me that clean heart. I'm yours, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm the glove, put your hand in it. I think that Dr. Winfrey was here when he told this story, and I'm going to tell it again. You may not remember it, but it sure struck a, man, it struck a note in my heart. He was, he was a runner, too, at 85 years old. He was running them 6K races and stuff, and, and they had a big article on him down uh, in Atlanta and uh, whatever their big paper is. And here was a picture of Dr. Winfrey out there. World War II vet runs blah, blah, K race, you know, 6K or something like that, 7K, anyway, he's run that. And uh, he said this, if you may remember it, but he said, I was out running, jogging one day, and he said, and I was you know, concentrating, I'm running, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting Bible verses, I'm uh, quoting books of the Bible, I'm trying to, you know, I get, them, get my mind on something else and just keep my pace going. And he, he was a good Greek scholar. He said, I'd, I would go through the Greek alphabet and come backwards in it. And I thought, man, I can't do that. I can't even go through the ABCs backwards, you know. But anyway, he said, I was doing that. And while I was running, an, an empty bread wrapper that the loaf of bread comes in, an empty bread wrapper passed me up going down the road. And he said, I was just getting it. And I went, where'd that come from? And the wind had got in it just right and went right past it. And he said, I, I laughed. He said, golly, get passed up by an empty bread wrapper. And said, the Holy Spirit said, Winfrey. Now he's 85, Winfrey. I could do that to you if you'd let me in that empty person you are. Now you think of that. I can do that through you. So it shows you what David is learning here. He can restore. He does restore. And my buddy out there we were running with, I invited him to church. He said he'd stop by and be with us. And, I, and I'm looking for him. And we, we had good fellowship. God did put the time in perfect because on, if, if, there had been, if there had been one minute of variation either way, we did not run into each other. And you see how God works. So David says, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with your free spirit. You hold me up. You present me. You're the one doing it. God's got it. You hear me say that. God's got it. God's got it. And he has got it. Let him be the wind that's in you. Let him be the power that's in you. And then, verse 13, then... Will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Then, then the Lord's work is done through you. It's not our strong efforts and all in ourselves, but it's God being the wind in you, the creating the clean heart, the new heart, the joy of the Lord in you, the power of God in you, and you're running down the road under his strength, and he's doing it. Then... I will teach transgressors thy ways and sinners will be 
converted unto thee. Hallelujah. I'd say it this way. When God purifies us, pardons us, hallelujah, his presence in us, he will produce a preacher. And that's who we all are. But it all comes from David's, David's process. You say, how did he get that? He learned it through this sin that it eat him up. I like verse number uh, 14 too. He says, Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. I take it, and the best we can tell, I'm not a, I'm not a Bible scholar and that's in, at all, I don't think, it, but uh, others who have done great research in the Psalms says they can find no psalm till this one that David wrote, no song that he wrote in that two to three year period or two to four years when he was estranged from fellowship with God. He just wouldn't acknowledge it. No, no psalm, no song written. And now he says, Lord, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O thou my God of my salvation. My tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Now, Lord, I can write a song. Now, Lord, I can sing again. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Absolutely. Lord, now, you put the joy in my heart, the joy of my salvation. Sing through me. I can write again. I can tell, I can tell the good news of Jesus again. I can do that. And I love this psalm. I pray it. I've prayed it many, many times. I'll pray it often. As I feel myself going in a direction. I know, Lord, don't want that. I want to be on I want to be open and honest with you. I want to agree with you. Whatever you say about me, whatever you say to me, I want this, I want this joy. Of my salvation. I want to be rejoicing. I want you to create whatever you want to in my life. And I'm telling you. From that time on, David again is a man after God's own heart. And this, to this very day, he's the, he is the greatest king that Israel ever had. And his son, Jesus, is going to sit on the throne. On the throne of David, his son, Jesus, is going to sit and rule and reign over the thousand-year reign with, on the throne of David. How marvelous. And by the way, when Jesus came well over, if I'm, if I'm counting correctly here, probably 900 years later, when he came, Jesus came, thou son of David, thou son of David, thou son of David. Wait a minute, son of David? Now who's that David? Oh, that's this one here that committed that sin. That killed Goliath, though. That repented and was after the heart of God. That Paul, even after the death of Christ, that Paul said that David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, that David, that's the one. You see how complete the restoration is and how perfect the restoration is so that even to this day, and we're 23 uh, or 20,023 uh, 2023, here we are at this time, 2,000 years past that the son of David came 
and we still look back and the flag of Israel is the star of David. David's still their hero. But it was this David who realized that his life messed up and mired up and all the pieces could be restored. And it was. And he does the same for us. Hallelujah. I just I want to encourage you tonight, church, don't let anything get in there. You're trying to push off in the corner and hope the Lord doesn't see and you're wanting to deal with him and talk to him about it, and I'll do this. Uh, uh, I don't particularly, I, I know what the writer of the song meant, but I don't particularly agree with it. Cause, and it's a pretty popular song. It's been around for a number of years. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Y'all ever heard that? Me and Jesus got our own thing going. But no, I don't have a guitar there. I'm sorry. I'm pretending. But... It's better said this way, Jesus has got his own thing going. In here, as I'm this shell of a man, and I let him play the tune in my heart. I'm just the guitar. Just sitting there, it's not going to do anything. Aaron grabbed a hold of it, somebody that can play it. Piano is nothing. I couldn't get a sound out of that like Debbie and these girls do. But when they get the right hands on it. This old shell of a man, who I am, he gets in there. He produces that. Hallelujah. So when God restores what the locust has eaten, and by the way, got to say this, and we're going to dismiss. You don't have, you don't have to wait for years to do that. I mean, you can do it the minute you blow it. Just say, hey, Lord, I, I, I blew it. I confess, forgive me, cleanse me, Lord, I'm sorry. I want that out of there. You don't have to distance yourself. You imagine how David, he, he continually had to keep sinning in order to cover the sin, and then it couldn't be covered, and then he just had to keep going on. And it lasted, like I said, for two years at least, maybe longer, till finally God chased him down. There's one time that David wasn't searching for the Lord. You read his Psalms, you'll find him searching for the Lord. This once he wasn't. The Lord found him and sent Nathan the prophet and shot the arrow in his heart, which broke him to where he could see. And hallelujah. For a God that'll stay after us. Amen. That's the reason your prayers are so important. My prayers are so important for loved ones, for others that we know are straying or going away. It appears like it to us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, stay after him, stay after him. You remember Brother Lynn's testimony? He's coming home from work. And the Holy Ghost, he didn't know it, but the Holy Ghost was riding in the back of the truck and got in the cab. And in the cab of the truck, he had to pull over because somebody was after him. Our prayers makes the difference. I've wondered with David, who was praying for him? I, I can't, I, I haven't really studied the time frame. I don't know if his daddy, Jesse, was still alive or not, but he was a godly man. Maybe it was Jesse. Maybe it was someone else. But somebody touching heaven that the Holy Spirit would God would grab David again 
may have been some of the folks that was in the kingdom that knew the king just wasn't what he once was. They knew things wasn't going like it was. They said, you know what? We need to pray God to get a hold of the king. Could have been. We won't know till we get to heaven. But I do know this. God's doing the same thing today. He's in control. And he's doing even more today because here we are up close to the coming of the Lord. We've got the Holy Ghost in us. The sweet Holy Spirit is here. He's staying here. We have the Word of God. We have each other. I'm telling you, we have everything. And the Lord is going to do more in our day than he did in that day. Don't forget that. He's going to do more. We're going to see more of the miracles of God than we did even when Jesus walked this earth. So you look to that Jesus who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, and just surrender quickly to him whenever he fingers something, points something out in your heart. That's not exactly right. One thing I like about Easton and is that he, among some of the other kids up there in the preschool, that they're, they're particular about some things. Other things are sloppy, but anyway, he's particular. And uh, if, if he's eating something and he drops a little bite, he, 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 he won't keep eating until he gets whatever it is off of him, you know. And he's got an appetite. He's wanting to eat, but, I mean, it takes his attention. And he's, he's got to clean that up before he continues whatever he's into. That's the way it ought to be with believers. Let's, let's clean up real quick when we see we've dropped something. And we've messed it up. And we'll just get cleaned up real quick and say, okay, Lord, we'll take off again. He restores us. Hallelujah. Restoreth my soul. That's our Lord. Father, we love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the preciousness of being back here with my church family. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful prayer of repentance and restoration in David. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you for sending Nathan to speak to his heart. Thank you, Lord, for touching our heart. Thank you for sometimes shooting your arrows. Anytime you have to shoot them in our heart. Lord, I, I say to you right now, let me be willing and open for you to just quickly go through my heart, go through my life. I don't want to have to have an arrow to break at my heart. I want you to just constantly have free access to everything that's in me. Clean it all out. As David said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Lord, keep that work going on in this shell of a man. That's all we are. Keep that work going on. May we be the empty bread wrapper that Dr. Winfrey talked about, that the wind got in and outran everybody. Do that in us, your church, this church, our sister churches. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. I love you. Thanks for being here.